for every multi-million dollar athlete or movie star or high-profile CEO out there, there are hundreds of people behind the scenes making it happen and thousands of people who would give their right arm for the chance to. When you're given that opportunity, regardless of the sacrifice, do you take it? We're about to hear from David Burke, Vice President of Sales with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Play ball. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. So a lot of us have big dreams, and a lot of us see the marquees and want to be a movie star, or they want to be a fireman, or a lot of us want to be baseball players, or some kind of a sport, pick and choose. Not everybody can, but there's just a world of economy and opportunity and uh, op- just great things waiting for you behind the scenes. And, and, and you can be really successful in that venture. And so today, I'm excited to introduce to you the Vice President of Sales with the Akron Rubber Ducks, which is a local minor league affiliate with our beloved Cleveland Indians. And uh, his name is David Burke. David, welcome to A Dash of Grit. Brian, thank you, sir. I'm really glad you're here. I'm excited to talk about baseball. I'm looking outside my window now, and there's blue sky. It's it's only like 30 degrees, but it feels like baseball. And I and I know we're going to have fans in the stadiums again this year. It's just an exciting time. But we're going to talk about hurdles today. We're still going to go through the muck a little bit. That's what Dash of Grid is all about. So, David, before we start, tell us a little bit about the Akron Rubber Ducks, the what they mean to the community's success. What's going great right now for the Akron Rubber Ducks? Yeah, what's going great is we're going to have baseball oh, here, in, here in a couple months. So, uh, you know, last year uh, it took a toll. We didn't have a minor league baseball season last year, but we weren't the only business that was affected. Of course, everyone, every single person was affected by COVID, but just have baseball in the air. The smell of hot dogs and popcorn cooking and and, and the sound of the, of the, the ball hitting the bat. There's just something pure and serene about that so you know just you know so excited so looking forward to it and the community is i mean when we released our schedule a couple weeks ago we reached out to all of our all of our partners whether it's ticket holders corporate sponsors uh, what have you and it is refreshing to know that they're as excited as we are you know knowing that baseball is back right and and that that just shows we're a community, you know, we're a community team. We're a part of the community. Thankfully, the community is involved with us. And, you know, we're just extremely grateful, you know, and just yeah. looking forward to it. What for you, before we get into the hurdles, what, what for you is fulfilling about working with the Akin Rubber Ducks or in your position in minor league baseball? What, what makes you really excited to come to work every day? It's twofold. And, and I'll give you certainly the fans you know watching the little kid with his mom with his dad with his family just you know soaking in the in the sights and sounds of the of the ballpark seeing a smile on their face and i've been in baseball for 30 years but ever since day one i've always prided myself on standing at the gates at the end of the night thanking people to come you know and we could lose 18 to 1 or we could win 5 to 4 but i always and it was taught to me you always have to thank and thank the fans and be appreciative. And when 
the most gratifying thing is when I'm thanking them for their support, for them coming out to the stadium and they're thanking me, you know, just for a great time. And I'm not the sole reason why we're a team of 32 people, but that alone is so gratifying. You know, all the hours that we put in, that's what makes it worth it. So uh, that's part one. Part two is really seeing the guys and girls on our staff grow their careers and take the next step and, and advance their careers in baseball or in other sports. Those two things are the prob- probably the most gratifying to me. Yeah, and so you've got one of the greatest jobs in the world. I would, ju- I mean, how easy is it? You just show up, and it's baseball, and it just happens, and it's magical. I'm, I'm being facetious. <laughs> let's let's talk about the uh, the struggles. I know uh, that you've done that you've done great things, and you've accomplished great things, and you're proud of it. But I know it also hasn't always been that easy. Can you share with me and our Dash of Grit listeners uh, some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome, where you had some grit to lay out along the way? No, absolutely. You know, working in baseball is, the, is not the most glamorous thing in the world to do. I started off working, being an intern, getting paid $300 a month. Wow. And I still had to pay for my uh, housing, my food and all that stuff. I remember, and, and this is like, you know, in the 90s where they offered me a full-time job and I was making $17,000 a year. And I thought that was, you know, that was great. Well, you know, you couple that with the hours that you that's involved in baseball. We we come to work at eight eight thirty every morning. If we have a baseball game, we're working until eleven min, eleven o'clock at night, eleven yeah. thirty at night. If we have six games in a row, you know, you're working over ninety hundred hours in a week, and it it takes a toll on you. You know, it, you sacrifice a lot. Uh, if you have a family, you sacrifice a lot. It's something that I love doing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed coming to a stadium every single day, you know, and looking at a baseball field. And, you know, there are a lot of sacrifices I had to make where, you know, all my summers I couldn't take vacation. I sacrificed a lot with, with family over the years, but they stuck with me. You know, they understood that, Hey, it's not going to be coming out of college and getting 45, $50,000 a year job. And it was a sacrifice that I had to do financially and, and emotionally, but, is worth it, I thought. And so why is it worth it? Why is that sacrifice worth it? There's lots of good jobs out there. There's lots of ways that you can make a lot of money. Why stick in something that's so grueling um, that causes that much angst? You know, um, is it just the dream or is it the marquee or what is it? I think we make a difference. I truly believe that we make a difference in the community. We're involved in the community. We try to give back as much as possible. We provide an, a, a sense of haven for people to come for three hours to forget about their problems, what's going on in their life, what's going on in the world. They could come in here and just sit back and enjoy baseball. You know, I said it earlier, it's pure. Baseball is pure and we like to have fun. We do zany promotions. We do promotions where people enjoy it. So being a part of the community, knowing that we make a difference, knowing that we make a difference in that little boy or little girl's life who's come out to a game for the first time. That's why I truly do it. Yeah, and I think a lot of our a lot of the listeners are at crossroads, and they're like, "Do I keep going here in this corporate world? Do I go out on my own? Do I stay in this position that doesn't have a lot of advancement opportunities, or do I make a switch to another corporate entity that I'm not so passionate about?" I'm wondering for you. You've gone from an intern making three hundred dollars a month to vice president of sales with the Akron Rubber Ducks. 
a lot of transition, a lot of growth, a lot of, of mm-hmm. great things happened along the way. Was there a moment there throughout that ladder where you're just like, you know what, this just isn't, this might not work out for me. This isn't going the way I thought it would be. And it, it might not be worth the sacrifice. Is there a moment like that in your, in your history? Yeah, absolutely. I was in, uh, I was in Florida. Uh, I wasn't the, the assistant general manager yet. I was, you know, director of operations overseeing the merchandise and, and it was that it was working all those long hours. It was, you know, working all those tarp poles, you know, that were the glorified tarp crew. Right. And, but it looks like so know, much fun, but it's not, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. But, and I re- remember to this day, I was in Florida and wasn't really sure in the, you know, the, the money situation, the hour situation, but it was also the time where my dad who was living in New Jersey at the time became ill. So, and I really thought about just calling it quits and, and moving back to New Jersey and finding a job and just and taking care of my dad. And my dad's like, listen, if you have something that you love to do, he said, don't, you know, you stick with it. If you don't love it, then absolutely. You come back to New Jersey. But if you love what you do, don't worry about me. And, you know, it, it was, it was crossroads that I, you know, I had to do some soul searching, figure out what was best. And, you know, I, I decided to stick with it. And thankfully I did. Yeah. And, and at the moment that you, if you can remember that moment in time, you decided to stick with it. Was it all, everything worked out perfectly from there on? Or there usually, I think sometimes you make a decision and life comes along and smacks you in the face and says, are you sure? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. No, absolutely. Nothing ever works out perfectly. Okay. Uh, so it was like, and, and there come times where you second guess yourself. Um, and, you know, but I know at the bottom of my heart, I made the right decision. And, yeah. you know, I'll give you one more example is when I was general manager in New York, I ventured, you know, to take a new operation, start a team, build a stadium from scratch in Texas. Okay. The, the position in, t- in New York was fantastic. I was know in a great spot but it was always a dream of mine to build a stadium from scratch and start a team from scratch uh in hindsight it probably probably wasn't the best decision and you always have regrets but again it's chasing a dream i never wanted to sit back and say what if um so a lot of times those what if moments require a step uh, i don't know if it's a step down but at least a step across, don't they? Those what if moments aren't always a big step up. So I assume that you had it made in New York, you're doing great. And then someone said, Hey, go start this. Um, right. It, it, and I just lost the video in case you get a chance to bring that back up. Yeah. Um, but in, in uh, was, was there a moment where you said, yeah, that dream sounds good, but I've got it made here. I just, I don't want to take on that challenge. That's always, it's happened a few times. Yeah. You, know, you know, thankfully I made the right decision on those yeah. moments where it was, you know, going to a different team or going to a new, you know, new team. And, you know, thankfully I made those right decisions. And, you know, even that decision leaving New York, that's what defines you. That's what defines me as a person, you know, the good and the bad, you know, so I don't have any regrets. Um, And, you know, talking about Texas, you know, saying what if, you know, every, every, every time someone's going to get into a funk and say, you know, why did I do this? What if this happened? What if this happened? Where, you know, finally, I just said to myself, I said, it's meant to be, you know, whatever happened, happened, you can't dwell on the past. The only thing you could do is move forward. And then once I got into that mindset of saying, 
I can control my destiny. I can't control what happened in the past. I can control my destiny. And once I accepted that and realized that, then, uh, yeah, then here I am. It all takes care of itself. I, I'm not completely sure by listening. Was the New York te- or the Texas team a success or did it fall down? What no, happened there? It, it, it was a, a success at first. Uh, I, had the, I had the chance to invest in the team, so I was a minority owner. Mm-hmm. Turns out the managing partners, and there was two of them, weren't the most, how should I put it, the most ethical. I was the general manager. I was the face of the team. And, you know, when city officials who I became great, you know, friends with are questioning what's going on, you know, that's when I decided my integrity is worth more than anything else. So that's why I was, you know, I left that organization and, and that's when I started saying, what if, and, you know, what if I stayed in New York, but, you know, it makes you uh, who you are and makes you a better person. What's the number one thing you learned then? Let's call that, that uh, let's call it a, a hurdle or we can almost call it a failure. It's not a failure. I don't know the right word to use, but what's sure. the number one thing you learned by taking that step and ultimately it didn't work out? I learned it, how grueling it is not only to start a franchise from the ground up, but to build a stadium while you're doing it, mm-hmm. uh, how grueling that is. You know, I learned a lot of the do's and don'ts uh, of when you're building a stadium. I don't want to say, well, I, I could have stayed in New York and, you know, did this. When I was in New York, I was fortunate to have my uh, the birth of my baby girl. So mm-hmm. everything worked out. Everything had, a you know, a purpose and a reason. Perfect. So let's let's talk about the future here, because I know that this upcoming season, this past year, was a lot of hurdles for a lot of people and, and specifically event type things. People for a year haven't been able to go out and do concerts or ball games or anything together. And and those businesses, restaurants are suffering. And so Akron Rubber Ducks didn't sell a ticket last year, I think. I, I imagine that's accurate. Um, and, and there's no, up until fairly recently, we weren't sure what the future looked like. Talk to me about your role in sales. I'm a salesman too. If I don't have a product, I don't do very well. What, what kind of hurdles did you have to overcome last year and this year in, as far as sales go to try to make sure that you're successful? Sure. Uh, you know, last year, obviously we couldn't sell, right? We yeah. were selling all the way up until March and then everything came to a halt. It was mainly just trying to keep all of our, the community, the sponsors, the ticket holders engaged, you know, they understood what was, you know, what was occurring. And anyone that was involved with us last year, we just automatically gave them this year, you mm-hmm. know, uh, as a part of a, hey, thank you for sticking with us. So, you know, it was tough not selling tickets. We did have some, you know, amateur baseball games here at the mm-hmm. stadium, which brought we were under a 1,000 limit capacity. So we were able to have some fans here. Uh, last year but it was like a uh, a ducks game so i mean yeah it was challenging it's keeping not only the community the sponsors the ticket holders engaged but also your staff members you know it's keeping the staff members enthusiastic you know knowing that yeah it's a dark time right now for everyone you know not only just us but you know eventually it's gonna you know the light's gonna shine you know at the end so that was probably the most difficult. And how does that work in, in a sports like yours? For instance, uh, restaurants have been hindered, but not mm. shut down, at least not for the longest time. Uh, and a lot of them didn't make it. I know how hard it is. Um, but events were shut down. 
for, yeah. for a year. How does the financial situation work? How do you keep a positive mental attitude? How do you know that, hey, the sun's going to shine? And what kind of plans do you need to make? How, what, take us behind the scenes a little bit at what happens behind the, the curtain. Yeah. I mean, once we realized that we weren't going to have a, a minor league baseball season, we had to improvise and come up with any type of an event here at the stadium, whether it's amateur baseball games, whether it was swing for your swag, where we charge people $25 to take swings on the outfield and win various prizes, you know, movie nights at the stadium, you know, socially distanced. It was anything and anything that we could do just to bring fans in the stadium. Now, you know, if you're selling a, a you know, 500 tickets, you know, it's, it's certainly not the same as 5,000 tickets right. that you're selling in, you know, but it was just doing something to stay actively in the community. It's certainly, we took a financial hit, you know, just like, again, everyone yeah. else yeah. took a financial hit, but it's, we're fortunate, we're blessed with great leadership, with great ownership uh, of the rubber ducks and and he stuck with us, you know, and he stuck with all of us, you know, through these uh, tough times. And, you know, now we're just so excited to get baseball back. Oh, man. And let's, let's bring it back to that, because now I'm bringing it back to you a little bit. Your passion and your drive and your dream has always been baseball. I think I've, I've taken that from this interview. And yet over the last year, there's been none. And yet you've probably poured more hours and heart and sweat and uh, passion into this maybe than ever trying to keep things what what drives you now is it community is it the team is it the owner is it your family what what keeps you rolling through these tough times all of the above yeah. all of the above you know knowing that people are, fans are going to be so excited to come back into the stadium you know they they're itching for that moment to come in on opening day or on a fireworks night or you know or any you know given days knowing that if we could play a small role of getting back to normal, you know, within the American community, uh, within Northeast Ohio, mm -hmm. if we could play a small role, getting back to, you know, some kind of normalcy, seeing in the staff, you know, how excited they are, how, you know, how giddy they are, you know, and, and the fans and, you know, and shoot, I'm looking at the field right now and the sun is shining and our grounds crew are working on the field right now. And awesome. it's just, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's all the above. It's all the above knowing that, you know, it's family, it's it's staff, it's fans, it's sponsors, uh, everything. Because even your family, you know, as all the many hours you spend at the stadium, they love coming to the stadium, watching yeah. baseball. They love, you know, seeing me work. And, and I love them just walking around and smiling and tasting new food items and critiquing me and you know, going home at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and then, you know, chirping in my ear, what, <laughs> what, what I could do better. So let's talk about these upcoming hurdles. I'm interested too, from the director's sales point of view, or even the team overall, these next few months are going to be critical. This year is going to be amazing, but what are the hurdles immediately in front of you that you're having to face and having to overcome to bring on a successful season, not just to get people in the stands, but to be financially, uh, productive as well for the Akron Rubber Ducks? Yeah, I mean, it's just maximizing our opportunity. Hmm. I think, in the, you know, the governor was good enough to give a 30% capacity uh, mm -hmm. to the Indians and to the Reds uh, in the month of April. My hope is that it, that's just going to increase, hmm. you know, so it's dealing with the potentially capacity restrictions, keeping everyone socially distant, safe, because one of our number one priorities is we want to make sure that all fans coming in the game feel safe, feel welcome, and 
that goes for any year, you know, but more so for this year. So, uh, you know, that's the biggest hurdle, you know, knowing we're not perfect, but we strive for perfection each and every day. And that's what, that's what drives us and hopefully become better each and every day. Yeah, David, I, th- I think you've been motivating to uh, to just about everybody out there that's going through tough times, knowing that, holy cow, as hard as I had it, at least I had something to sell, something to do over, over time. Um, some folks got shut down. Some folks are holding on. And I just thank you for uh, sharing that story of grit and, and perseverance and, and dedication to a uh, passion. Appreciate that you shared that with them. If there's folks that want to talk to you about your, your experience, how you did it, maybe talk about uh, uh, the business of baseball in general. Uh, would you mind if they reached out? And if so, how would they reach out to you? Absolutely. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, the best way is probably just uh, uh, via email, just dburke at akronrubberducks.com. dburke at akronrubberducks.com. If I said that too fast on our website, you know, I have, I have a, my email address right there and any questions, I'll be more than happy to set up a time to call, to Zoom, or, you know, just to email back and forth. That is very kind of you, and I hope people will take advantage of that if they if they do so need. Uh, David, before I let you go, I want to do a quick plug for our company. It, it's it's similar. We're, we're Spire Marketing, and what we do is help organizations overcome challenges and hurdles that they have in front of them, ceilings that they're up against. They need more revenue, and so they have to hire more employees. And the more employees they hire, the more revenue they need. And there's sometimes you just can't get past that that ceiling. And uh, and so what we try to do is come alongside businesses and and help them to do that through marketing and systems and strategy. And uh, and that's what we do. So if your organization needs that kind of thing and you're interested, uh, we're at spiread.com. So you're welcome to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Brian Leffelock. And I want to thank you, Mr. David Burke. You, uh, I know how valuable your time is. And I know this season needs every ounce of your attention. So thank you for spending time with us on Dash of Grit. Absolutely. I appreciate your time, Brian. Thank you. Folks, we do this once a week. Go back and check out old episodes and find some other heroic stories that you might be interested in. Until then, be gritty and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.